When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Conspiracy, the show, with your hosts, Adam Todd Brown and Connor McSpadden. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Conspiracy, the show. I'm Adam Todd Brown. I'm here too, Connor. That's, that's, that's me. Connor. I was thinking about the conspiracy, the show like that. Yeah, like, there was a. Like, I like to say it like a game show. Like we're all going to win something if the CIA taps our phones oh, by it, the end of this. Here's what you win: a vague sense of malaise at the world <laughs> around you. That's behind every single curtain, and we we have a, a lady that points at it, and it's just a nothing. And she's like, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's what's going to save you. She's a you. CIA field agent. Yeah, yeah. And we have guests today. How much fun is that? Who are you? I'm Laura Crawford. What? You've yeah. been on these podcasts before. Uh-huh. Not this one in particular, but you're also on next week's, right? Yes, I am on next week's. And I, I looking through my emails, found an email. 2014 was the first time we did a show to get a po- podcast together. Oh, my God. I know. It's been a long time. Four years. I think that's the, what's that, the wood anniversary? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's when Anima yeah, puts she... me on my misery, beats me with a yeah. two by four. I was oh. actually just going to, I was, was going to say I was baseball. I something <laughs> more in the way of like a Filipino barrel man. You know, that would be a good, have you ever seen those? It's a traditional Filipino gift where they have a little man, there's a barrel inside it, and you give it to someone, and you lift up the barrel, and he has a spring loaded dick that Aww. pops out. <laughs> Nice. My buddy CJ gave me one from the Philippines in eighth grade, and my, I'm like in the in passing period, and I'm just like, "What the bug?" You know, and I just <laughs> on, yeah. Real mature, the Philippines. Real mature. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With your... that is the most heinous thing happening in the Philippines <laughs> right now. Well, no, I, I, and I do look. I respect the Philippines because they have the closest thing to an anime government. Because Manny Pacquiao is a senator, <laughs> so if pugilism yeah. qualifies you for public service, that's pretty much Dragon Ball in my mind. And yeah. I think that's probably a more equitable political system than you know what we have in most. I watch what? enough Dragon Ball to get those references. <laughs> Leanne Tucker, how are you doing? Well, you know, there's fighting. I try to pick the most basic. You know, hot topic Spencer's gifts. You know, the the the, the fuck. Let's accessible talk to Leanne. Let's talk to Leanne. No, 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 no. I really just gonna, came to see Laura get the shit. We're talking about the new Broly <laughs> movie coming out in November, and I have a lot of thoughts. The <laughs> listeners have been asking, and I'm sorry, Leanne. Let's not They've lie. Been asking. <laughs> Let's yeah. not lie about things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a stretching. Leanne, this is your first time on any Unpops podcast. That is correct. Woo. How excited must you be right I'm now? I'm so excited. I was early. That's how excited you I was. You were. Yeah. That was in the past two days. Everyone has been either right on time or kind of early, and it's so refreshing. I think this is the first podcast Adam and I have not rescheduled. We we yeah we, we, we scheduled just about about eighty percent of the the podcast <laughs> yeah together. Even yeah. now that we're recording on the same day every day, sometimes I'll message Connor in the morning and be like, "How about noon instead?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, oh God, of course. Had a lot of high That's dog awesome. time last night. And it sort, of, <laughs> sort of threw off the uh, the old fucking circadian rhythm. Mm. So we're talking this week 
like we do almost every week, we're talking about the CIA. We it seems like they come up mm-hmm. weirdly enough. They come up on this conspiracy podcast pretty regularly. <laughs> so yeah, I don't I don't know how that 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 fucking shook out, but it, it did. Yeah, really weird. And we're talking this week specifically about the CIA influence in both the media and the entertainment industry, which we've talked about that a lot as it pertains to music. There is a book that I recommend on almost every episode called Drugs as Weapons Against Us, and it's all about how the CIA sells drugs and uses the music industry to push those drugs, and sometimes they have to kill musicians who don't. Uh, fall in line, line with their plans. Wow. Yeah, I want. I need to be on one of those. That's why. That's why the Green Day cigarettes and Valentine's uh, fucking masters were stolen. Uh, it's because that's when Billy Joe got really into socialism, uh, right? And uh, they thought they were going to radicalize an entire generation of mall rats to fucking start marching in the streets. And they're like, <laughs> "No, thank you. You're going to make a pretty watered down neoliberal rock opera, and then you're going <laughs> to like it if you like having kids that are alive." Wow! You know, a guy with yeah. a black van and a briefcase showed up and was like, "You got some decisions to make here, Mike Durnt. All right, and I'm going to speak slowly because I'm pretty sure you're the dumb one." So one of the things we're basing this episode on today is a crazy article I found that was written by Carl Bernstein, who is one of the Watergate reporters. And by the way, we have a sub-conspiracy. I thought it was Baron Stain. (laughs) (laughs) We got it. This is, I I fucking remember with my fucking own goddamn eyes. And then one one night, some guy in Reddit. Dude, I when, clearly recall me and Connor watching Watergate coverage as it was happening, and it said Carl Bernstein. We did. I was sitting on Adam's yeah. lap, as, as I do when we research these shows. Exactly. <laughs> he was bouncing me up and down. The it was down. 1973. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We work on these for a long time. We had a lot of really heavy glassware that we used for making yeah. roasts, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. This has been a lifelong pursuit. Was Carl Bernstein the one who was married to Heart... You know the book, movie Heartburn? With the... the no. Nope. No, Meryl Streep and uh, Jack Nicholson. It's the woman who wrote all the romantic comedies. I'll look this up while you go into Hey, it. yeah, no, I have no idea. Okay. But it wouldn't surprise me that Carl Bernstein was married to someone at one point. No, it was a screenwriter. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't love a good journalist? Yeah. You know? And this article, like, a lot of the stuff he's written is, like, really famous, and we, we know all about it. But this, probably because the CIA does control the media... Just didn't get that much attention. Yeah. Which is crazy because it's a 25,000 word article about CIA influence in the media. You and are it was really. In the Stone, right? You are real. You just handed me the Heartburn film Wikipedia page. It's about Carl Bernstein. Sorry. It's uh, Carl Bernstein's marriage to uh, Nora Ephron. Oh. He was married to Nora Ephron. And uh, she wrote a, wrote a screenplay in a movie about being married to him, and it makes him look like a real piece of shit. But he's, he's married to the, the lady that helps people if they have allergies? I don't <laughs> Nora Ephron. <laughs> yes, I don't, that's I don't know Nora a lot about Ephron pop culture, is. guys. All right. Famous, uh, you know, uh, famous EpiPen. Julia, Julia, you know, love lost, <laughs> so, war, all that. So he's just married to a big ass molecule, and he's Laura, like, I love my molecule wife. <laughs> Laura right. and Leanne, both you both asked to be on this episode. Yeah, I yeah. sent out an email at the beginning of the month and said, "Here's the topics we're talking about." So, preferably one at a time, not not both at the same time. Tell me why you wanted to be on this episode, Laura. Go first. I love uh, conspiracies in the CIA in particular, and I've been doing some research. I'm going to do an episode for Profiles about uh, 1985, the year of the spy. And uh, when you get into a lot of spy stuff, it's about eight top agents that were revealed to be spies in the for the for the U.S. for the communists. And doing a lot of research into Russia and um, basically the Cold War, the Soviets spying. So this yeah. is very interesting to me. I wish those fuckers had spied harder. Yeah. <laughs> Leanne, what about you? 
I am uh, very interested in conspiracy stuff. My dad, like I grew up with my dad being like, you know, Kennedy assassination, and then, you know, 9-11 and all that. And I was like deep diving on the internet and and getting weird. And so usually I don't have people to discuss these things with without them being like, okay, land, smoke another. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, so yeah. I was like, what? Like they want to talk about it? Like, not, oh, yeah. not like I have, you know, a shit ton of facts or anything, but I like to entertain yeah. the ideas. If you, if you ever have a conspiracy on your mind, you can definitely message me. Awesome. I, I will entertain those conversations. Yeah. Oh, he good. actually, Adam volunteers for the conspiracy guy hotline. Yeah. Where just yeah. Lonely, lonely truckers are like, I, I'm pretty sure I cracked the whole Tower 7 thing, yeah. but nobody on CB wants to listen Building to me. Seven. They're just concerned with which Dairy Queen has the shortest line. I just need somebody to get the truth out to. And Adam's like, yeah. hey, whoa, 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 calm down. All yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. If you feel I would like. I take that call too. If you feel like someone's watching you, call me and I'll confirm that they are. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I also can send you like music videos of 9-11 truthers and stuff like that that I have. There's a million reasons why I don't believe it. There are 9-11 truther music videos? Yes. Really? Oh, well, that's an upcoming oh. episode for us. Not since I discovered Blink 1488, the Blink-182 white power parody group, <laughs> where they just superimpose like, Benjamin Netanyahu onto like the, the fucking Blink-182 guys and change all the words to be about Jews. Have I been uh, so excited to watch something? No, <laughs> Hebrews. <laughs> no, yeah, I miss Our you. Hiding. I know. I, I miss you. Is called the Jew, uh, which is pretty. That one's nice. A, that's You're a rough a one. Jew, Jew. Yeah, it's not. It's pretty. It's not great. <laughs> so this is the opening article from that paragraph, and what he's writing about is a thing called Operation Mockingbird, which we'll get into more in a minute. The plot to get Eminem addicted to drugs because no, <laughs> I'm not going to stop derailing this. Thing. No, that's I. I've done this podcast before. I don't know how it works. <laughs> he knows who you are. <laughs> this is uh, the opening paragraph from that article. In 1953, Joseph Alsop, then one of America's leading syndicated columnists, went to the Philippines to cover an election. He did not go because he was asked to do so by his syndicate. He did not go because he was asked to do so by the newspapers that printed his column. He went at the request of the CIA. <laughs> Hell yeah. That's the kind of shit I like to read. And do they send an owl? How do they contact you? Like, what's the CIA's move? You know? I don't know. They invite you on a podcast, and then you have a little conversation. Because I feel like if the Probably. CIA reached out to me, and they're like, okay, we need to, you to get Ranazizi back on Mean Boys for some questioning, you know, you'll be rewarded. I'm like, I would not believe that it wasn't just somebody fucking with me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're you know, like, I don't, I don't know don't. how legit. You'd ha I'd have to, like, see a helicopter or something. Yeah, they could even yeah. show me, like, CIA credentials, and I'd be like, yeah, those probably what those sure, look like. I, I don't, yeah, I don't Fucking, no. Yeah, I don't have a goddamn <laughs> yeah. scanamajig, you know? It's well, like, uh, take me in a helicopter and then we'll talk. You talk about like recruiting agents, and this from looking at my the stuff I've looked into about spies. The way they do it, the way that appeal to people both in the Soviets and the U.S. is um, they usually have somebody that you know in common. So like, uh, if they were trying to get you, Connor, they would they, they would already know somebody that you knew. Oh, okay. They would already know somebody that you knew who's kind of higher up, who you trusted. That's and, why. I that's why I don't have friends. And I'm, yes, I'm and so they would say hi. They would say, hey, their your friend would probably go to you and say, I have a friend who works at this agency, it's very hush-hush, it's really important, would you want to contact them? And it would all mm. seem very casual, very sort of business and normal-like. And when they were making the pitch to you, they wouldn't say, go do this and do this. 
and we'll give you lots of money. They would say like, well, have you ever thought about like helping out your country? Like if yeah, someone yeah. was trying to they give me say, the yeah. porn. Sure would be helpful. You know, they'd yeah. be like, have you, ever, have you ever considered some modeling? You know? <laughs> yeah, no, no, they, they wouldn't even say like that. Yeah. They would say, wow, you're really good looking. They Come would say, to the wow. truth bus. Yeah, they would say, right? wow, you look really good on camera. Like you have really good angles. You really, like really comfortable Do you on need camera. a ride? And I'd yeah. be like, I kind of do need yeah. a ride. Yeah, I mean, I'm so just So the walking. CIA would be like, like, do you, do you ever think about like helping out your country? I just you wanted to walk about, with like, my STD paperwork, and, see, yeah. and then these but nice see, gentlemen picks me up. <laughs> the thing exactly. is, that's how it probably works now. No, that's how it's always worked. With the Soviets, used to say, "Do you want to help world peace? Do you want to advance right. world no, peace?" Right. No, but what the difference is, what happened with Operation Mockingbird? They didn't just casually go to people and say, "Hey, you want to help?" They like signed work contracts. Oh with no, they did afterwards. But making initial, people. Con- but making initial. You mean I got to be an independent contractor sell. for Postmates and the CIA? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's going to fuck yeah, your it's taxes not a hard all sell up. Till you're there's like deep nev- involved. Yeah, there's like- never a hard sell because it has to seem very normal to you, like you're part of the operation. I think that's what I was saying. I'm more getting ten ninety nine for yeah. infiltrating ISIS. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> but most of the people don't even do it for money. Most people who work for the CIA or work for the Soviets, a lot of times they're not money motivated. It's right. They ego. It's usually an ego thing that you feel like you. Yeah. I'm to so important. Yes. Yeah, they came and talked to me. And yeah. so in this article, Bernstein claimed Alsop was one of more than 400 American journalists who'd secretly carried out assignments for the CIA over the past 25 years at that point. So we're talking from the 50s through the 70s. And some of the executives who lent their cooperation to the CIA, William Paley at CBS Henry Luce at Time Incorporated, Arthur Hayes Sulzberger at the New York Times, Barry Bingham Sr. at Louisville Courier Journal. Best banjo player in Kentucky. Side note. <laughs> James Copley of the Copley News Service. Copley. And some companies who did the same, American Broadcasting Company, Associated Press, United Press International, Reuters, Hearst Newspaper, Scripps Howard, the company that bought Cracked months after I wrote one of the first articles comparing Trump to Hitler. Mm. So mm-hmm. maybe that's maybe I got Cracked shut down by the CIA oh, that'd be pretty... for getting too close to the truth about yeah. Donald Trump, which I'm fine with. I'm yeah. nervous to leave here now. This whole... <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, wait till the mics turn off and he yeah. starts drinking and telling Suge Knight stories. That's when you really... <laughs> well, Scripps, yeah. Scripps also owns Discovery Networks, Food Networks, uh, right. HGTV, all kinds of... I'm sure they've TV ended their association like yeah, yeah. with the CIA by now. Oh, they could huh, shut down why? Diners Club and <laughs> cause thousands of damages to the United States economy. And also Newsweek and the Miami Herald. And he claimed that CIA involvement with the media was way more extensive than anyone had ever publicly claimed. And this article, it doesn't include a lot of names, but it includes examples of things the the CIA did in relation to the media. And it all seems really believable. It's not like, for one thing, Bernstein is a valid source. Well-respected, yeah. yeah. He does his research when he writes about something. And just like all of the MK Ultra shit, this is mostly based off CIA documents that were declassified and that we found like through the church committee and shit like that. Mm-hmm. So you basically the part just that wasn't be like, redacted. we need to gin up some interest over here, you know, so we can we got to do a little misdirection. So go put on a thong and uh, to show off the the box that the guy's going to get cut in half in, and the, which is in this case the Philippines, you know. And then <laughs> while we're, while you're doing that. I'm going to lobotomize children. <laughs> that was a complex analogy right there. You was know, that an analogy? I, I thought it was a vivid description of like a David Lynch movie. <laughs> yeah, it was a dream I had. So basically what this article also alleges is that the relationship with the media allowed the CIA to post some of its most valuable operatives abroad 
without exposure for more than two decades. In most instances, officials at the highest levels of the CIA, usually director or deputy director, dealt personally with a single designated individual in the top management of the cooperating news organization. And that's a thing I've been saying probably happens for a long time. Yeah. You get a point, man. Yeah. Because there are a lot of stories. If you, especially if you read overseas news sources, you'll find a lot of really huge stories that should be huge in the United States and they're just not. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And like one good. And it's like easy to chalk it up to like. I don't know, like cultural narcissism, where we think that yeah. you know, American culture is global culture, which is true to an extent, you know, because of our you know thumbs having been on the scale of everything for you know a hundred years or so. But it, it's also like, well, yeah, they're also fucking with it. You know, that doesn't mean they're not also fucking with it. Yeah, I think a good example right now is Reuters did an investigation of water sources in the United States <laughs> and oh, found yeah. something like three thousand more communities that have the same water problems Flint has. Oh, wow. And that's not getting a lot of coverage in the U.S. media, and it seems like it should. But it also... They're talking about Flint. Well, yeah. yeah. They made a fucking movie where people lit their water on fire out of the tap, and and that was the most stunning visual you could get. It was called David Blaine. (laughs) Street (laughs) Man. Yeah, you remember (laughs) that? It was an amazing film where they... A a shocking expose. You gotta watch the Woody... uh, uh, Not the the fucking David Blaine special. It's the most recent one where he swallows a fish in front of Woody Allen and then barfs it into his bathtub. Oh, Lord. Woody Allen. Allen would be not having that. That doesn't sound like a trick, though. Yeah, that's some Steve-O shit. It's the best. Well, could you do it? Then it's a trick. I'm sorry. This man trained his body to puke goldfish, and we have no respect for that. I do. People did that in the 30s and shit all the time, swallowing goldfish. I'm saying, but there's no Well, yeah, but that was back before we knew science. This man is just like, yeah, this is definitely bad for me, but it's going to- I just thought he was going to freeze himself, but I just think it just seems as though it's like- uh... David Blaine in Encino Man. (laughs) Polly Shore must be friends. But the thing about the Reuters article, that does strike me as something where if a major news outlet wanted to report it, some government type might step in and go, no, you can't do that. Because that's that's almost like alien invasion shit. Like, it's one thing to think Flint has shitty water, but if we all, all of a sudden, start thinking we have the same problems with our water, it would be fucking chaos across the country. Oh, yeah. And I also could see them being like, all right, look. You can't cover this. We're not going to give you the N-word tape. We will give you an R-word, all right? You can have fun with that for a week. We'll say it's fake. You'll say it's real. We'll all go around yeah. in a circle. <laughs> it's going to be wall-to-wall coverage, all right? You get a, It'll be great. So yeah. just uh, let's play but, ball. Um, but the thing in this case, it's like these journalists, you make it sound very nefarious, but this is the same way that journalists collaborate with the police all the time to get information about cases. And doesn't that doesn't that kind of you know, make them very biased towards the Well, police? that's not the police withholding information from the American public. Oh, they do that. No, I'm just saying that we we're talking about, like, why do journalists kind of get in this or choose to cooperate with these people? It's just because that's that's what they do. They cooperate with systems of power I don't think it's just because of that. At least, yeah. I mean, maybe on the journalist side, but I'm, like, I'm not arguing that the journalists are the shady ones here. No. Like, it's the CIA in most cases. Of course they're shady. And the thing is that it's not, like, I get why this happens and I get why people would participate in it, but it does also lead to some problems and things that we should oh, yeah. know about that are covered up. And, like, especially with the MK Ultra thing, like, we got enough information at first to where the CIA had to be like, yeah, it happened, but it didn't happen on as wide of a scale as people thought. 
And then finally, these other 20,000 documents came out. And they were like, all right, it was pretty pretty wide yeah they kept someone they kept a man high on acid for like 70 days oh, consecutively yeah. yeah a guy threw himself out of a window because he was oh. being tortured threw, on acid they threw him out of that window. yeah he no, was... he, really you think so the worm are you talking about the wormwood case have you watched yeah. the documentary i haven't watched the documentary they but... very clearly murdered him because oh, he was say. going to well yeah. yeah expose the fact that we use chemical weapons if you look at the comedian's flight records it's pretty cut and dry <laughs> on the scene oh and... no i'm just saying if i told Totally. Even without that, I understand if you were kept on acid in like a bunker for seventy days. Yeah, you would want to kill yourself. Too. <laughs> they both yeah. are horrible. Or you would, they both yeah. are horrible outcomes. Or you would make they a Quasimodo are. album as yeah. Madlib. Yeah. <laughs> and so this, the Operation Mockingbird thing, was first exposed in a 1967 Ramparts magazine article that revealed that the National Student Association received funding from the CIA. Mm-hmm. And see, that's the other part. So, but what does that look like? I, I, I was reading that. like the New baseball uniforms or what? <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Like, what is it that the National Student Association is doing? They're just putting out stuff about how... In 1967, I imagine they were probably going, no, this war is fine. Like, or what don't do you, protest are, yeah. or stay in your dorm rooms. Don't riot. Okay, don't, just sort of towing yeah, the line. Go to the, class. Yeah. <laughs> Keep business as usual. And it's, for the CIA, an organization that's supposed to operate on foreign soil only, the fact that they would be giving money to a U.S.-based student association is, that alone is suspect, because they're not supposed to do that. No. They're not supposed to operate here. But can I play devil's advocate and defend the CIA and a lot of There's nothing I love more than a devil's advocate. Go for it. Okay. Here's the thing. At this time, in, in, in the 50s and 40s and stuff, the U.S. is competing with the Soviets, right? The Soviets have a totalitarian government with no real immigration allowed into the country. The government controls journalism, controls all the education, controls the military and everything. Like, So we're trying to compete with them. And they've had a spy network since the days of the czar that's extremely complex. And so they were way ahead of us on information and spying, way ahead on information gathering, all forms of way ahead on propaganda and indoctrination of students in the military and all forms of life. So we're basically trying to play catch up. So the, the Soviets were most likely going to target student groups and journalists as people they wanted to infiltrate to turn to agents for them. So it was almost like the CIA had to get in there early to get these people on their side so that because journalists and people in the media and students are all very susceptible to arguments for socialism and through for communism. All of this is like 20% anything the Soviets did at the same time. So everyone felt justified in doing it. It's not right, but it's okay, as Whitney Houston would say. Yeah. So after all of this came out, after the church committee, which exposed MKUltra and this to some extent, the CIA was like, all right, we're not going to do that anymore. We, we're, we're not. <laughs> you can trust us. Yeah, trust yeah, us. Yeah. We've stopped all of this. That was when we found weed in the CIA's room and they're like, you know what? I was having a phase. <laughs> for a friend. I did try some myself. And the thing is, it they didn't actually, they didn't even say they were going to stop. All they said was, well, we're not going to enter into work contracts or like freelance contracts with journalists We anymore. won't keep records anymore. We'll do it all exactly. off. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you have such a problem with us doing this, we just we won't, won't tell write you about it down. It. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, yeah, yeah. My favorite detail of also reading this was how like basically journalism has fallen apart and how everyone's freelance and a stringer and like almost no one is a desk journalist or has a title or a role like that. So it almost works better for them where they're like, yeah, everyone's freelance. 
right? So the CIA must be like, right. oh shit, everyone's freelance. Killer. I love it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is fucking just nothing I but know. marks. I know. They just turn Postmates drivers into <laughs> agents. Well, Tell what... us where you drive to. Tell us where you deliver to. No, that's what, Connor, really have fun. you been approached by the CIA? No, I also haven't done Postmates in a long time. I Maybe that's neither. Part of it. So my question about this, is this a bad thing? Like, do we want the CIA out there doing this? Uh, No. No, we don't. Yeah, I don't. I think as it pertains, like, I don't mind the CIA fucking with overseas news publications and trying to infiltrate that shit. But here. That sounds like their job. Yeah. Yeah. But here, I don't like it that much because that, that was the whole point of this program. It wasn't just to influence media overseas, which is where the communist organization was operating. They were trying to influence public sentiment in Europe. So the CIA was like, oh, well, let's do that here, and we'll just try and uh, confuse people in the United States. And I don't like that. I don't think that's a good thing. Especially when they act like it's all of, you know, the other countries that do the propaganda, and it's only here in America where you get the, you know... Right. Well, it's you like yeah, the, if you're if, like yeah, it's like you're talking about the water. Like talk about like you know think think of think of that. But it's sources of information. If there's fucking lead in all of them to some degree, it's like what you know. That's like uh, that, that's a definition of propaganda. I bring up all the time on the show, which is you know to exhaust critical thinking and annihilate the truth. And it's like that's kind of what <laughs> this is. It's, it's to a point. It's like I well maybe I don't know why they're fucking. Why are we talking about that? You know, it's like is this the guy that picks the top Twitter moment that pops up when you look on your phone? Is he, is he getting the phone call? And it's like hey. Look, he, I know he just signed the NAFTA thing, but just, I don't know, uh, Beyonce uh, winked. So just make a gift, <laughs> pretend that that was a sensation, and yeah. then just fucking, can we bury this a little bit? Like, I don't uh, like that at all. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's also, uh, you, you're not going to see any journalists ever say, like, and while I was working on this story, I talked to a CIA agent. <laughs> Right. So journalists aren't going to give it up and the CIA is not going to give it up. So we'll never find out what the true extent is on the reporting or vice versa. We'll never know. The other thing that people should be worried about is how much influence these companies have on the government the other way going backwards. Do we do we want ABC News and Reuters and Time running how our government works? Or running right. what they have. Well, yeah, and also, this to. guy was like, he found one guy, and he's like, yeah, there's like 400 of them, and just everyone was like, yeah. well, okay, well, yeah, yeah, yeah this, it was long. I so. don't like it either way. I don't, I don't want. Yeah, it's definitely. I mean, people a aren't even going to find out the truth about this because of that entire uh, Postmates conversation. They're exactly. going to, you know, just exactly. like yeah, 25,000 yeah. words, yeah. 10 minutes <laughs> of a story Connor's told three times on the podcast already. Like, <laughs> why do I want to listen to this? So the thing is, when they when they, it all came out, and they were like, well, we're not doing this anymore, and they were, but they just sort of like halfway dismissed the idea of still doing it. Then last year, another document surfaced. You can read it on the CIA's own Ah! goddamn website in case anyone's wondering how uh, official it is. And it was dated 1991. So now we're 20, almost 30 years ahead of time. Mm -hmm. And they're still like, yeah, we have contacts in every fucking major media outlet. And this is a, a CIA document. This is a quote from it. The CIA now has relationships with reporters from every major wire service, newspaper, Newsweekly, and television network in the nation. This has helped us turn some intelligence failure stories 
into intelligence success stories. Well, is this from the CIA's community college brochure? Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's from their Christmas letter from their moms. Yeah, be yeah. Like Jared's doing great. He's turning all of our intelligence failure stories into intelligence success stories, <laughs> yeah. and he's taught me how to use the Roku. I, I love mean, it. we get I got, to. I a... got my two-year degree in truth meddling at CIA <laughs> DeVry, and now I'm wearing a polo shirt. I mean, we get to a point in this where Jennifer Garner is making CIA recruitment videos, so Ugh. that's oh, not. Yeah. It's not that far. Which off. one is Jennifer Garner? Uh, one who is. Alex's wife. Uh, she's an alias. alias. She's alias. Oh, it's not helping me. Peppermint. Uh, she's in the uh, Capital One makeup, credit card Capital commercials commercial. right now. Uh, she's got did, the big lips. I don't have a T. I don't have uh, the movie Jesus Daredevil. Christ. She's in the movie Daredevil. She, she shot okay. Kennedy. Electra. Electra. Oh, she's Electra. She's Electra. I kind she of assassinated remember watching Malcolm that on X. FX. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 Nice. Yeah. 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 They also said that their efforts have helped them persuade reporters to postpone, change, hold or even scrap stories that could have adversely affected national security interests or jeopardized sources and methods. Well, yeah, because well, it's, it's very easy to be like... National security thing is just... Yeah. Well, I guess like it's, like, it's like easy it. to be like, oh, if you print this, then people are going to know that, that you know this, this whole thing will be... This will shut down our fucking line to whatever the story ourselves, but it's like yeah. you can like... You can cry wolf on that, you know, as much as you want if you have <laughs> the entire infrastructure of the American government behind you. Like, right. such a fucking yes. scary power. Because it's like, you think like, yeah, if someone was running an expose on the blood drive, they were using to catch Osama bin Laden and that fucking blew up the whole spot and he ran away and we had to go find him. And it's like, sure, yeah. But I'd be like, hey, could you not break that? We're trying to kill this dude or whatever. It's fucking terror. But, uh, you know, I'm sure that happens like, you know, 10% of the time and the other 90. It's just like, ah, but then if they find out we were making kids in El Salvador uh, have 28 chromosomes as a, as a thing to try to make a, a super soldier, then uh, that, that's going to look bad. So just yeah. don't wait. Yeah. You're going to fuck up our shit. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking about this in this case, where it's like if you're a journalist and you have a source of information that trusts you because you are a journalist, they're saying like, oh, they're a journalist. They're interested in the truth. But you don't disclose to that source oh and i also give info to the cia and the right. cia says who are you talking to and you say well i'm talking to this person and then the cia starts investigating them because for whatever reason yeah. and what happens from there like these journalists are just basically putting everyone they've ever talked to as a source at risk if they're connected to the cia once they've connected to cia it's basically like giving the cia open season on anyone they've ever talked to yeah and i want to watch just a part of this video i found this while i was out uh, researching the, this article. I don't know why I said it like that. Like, I fucking hit the streets. I know. Oh, yeah. I was sliding $20 <laughs> bills across the bar. I'm like, I'm pretty sure. Did you take your laptop to a coffee shop? That's what I thought. That was like, Tell you? me about Operation Mockingbird. Here's five. You're meeting yeah. And they're like, garages. I just have an espresso machine. <laughs> no, <laughs> Do that... you need the Wi-Fi code? <laughs> Adam's in a, in, a, in, a, in a parking structure, you know, late at night behind the pillar. And he just he hands exactly. a guy an envelope. And the guy hands it back a Jersey Mike's bag. And... <laughs> <laughs> it's a smoking guy, too. And, and it's yeah. just a a sub inside yeah, yeah yeah that's my payment yeah yeah and he's like well no if, if, and you're like really he's like, <laughs> this is amazing yeah if the pickles are on top that means the kennedy was it, it all happened how they said and if they're on bottom that means the, the cuban dissidents had something to do with it and it, in this ted talk it's investigative journalist cheryl atkinson and she's talking about astroturfing which is the act of masking the sponsors of a message or organization to make it appear as though it originates from and is supported by grassroots participants. And I thought this clip was really interesting. This is basically the end of it. That'd be like if uh, all the Unpops Patreon subscribers were fake to make it look like, you know, yeah. there was a whole network and it was really just like 12 guys. <laughs> 
Wouldn't that be ridiculous? That would be money laundering. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah. That would be cool. Here we go. What chance do I have separating fact from fiction, especially if seasoned journalists with years of experience can be so easily fooled? Well, I have a few strategies that I can tell you about to help you recognize signs of propaganda and astroturf. Once you start to know what to look for, you'll begin to recognize it everywhere. First, hallmarks of astroturf include use of inflammatory language such as crank, quack, nutty, lies, paranoid, pseudo, and conspiracy. That's a thing we've talked about on this episode before in relation to Alex Jones mm-hmm. and how and my, my personal theory that Alex Jones was actually recruited by the government in the early 90s to be that guy who can discredit everyone else who might actually by release. saying something so crazy. Right. Like he'll so say some yeah. truth yeah. shit and then he'll be like, and lizards. And then you're like, right. oh, that guy, everything he says is crap. Yeah. And if something shows up on InfoWars, you're automatically like, oh yeah, well that's bullshit. Yeah, they did yeah. like a they did like a thing, I don't remember when, but they did like a some sort of study about how to discredit people with the word conspiracy and like right after 9/11, immediately, you know, Bush is saying like we will not accept conspiracy theories. It's like the minute they throw that word in there. Yeah. Then and so everything's you're immediately discredited. Well, it's like, like what they do with WikiLeaks, where they're like, okay, we got some real shit, we got some fake shit, and good luck figuring it out. It's in two weeks, you know. Yeah, yeah. And here's the rest of astroturfers often claim to debunk myths that aren't myths at all. Use of the charged language tests well. People hear something's a myth, maybe they find it on Snopes, and they instantly declare themselves too smart to fall for it. But what if the whole notion of the myth is itself a myth? And you and Snopes fell for that. See, people chuckled at that, but I think Snopes does fall for that. I think Snopes does sometimes just... I've always wondered who's behind Snopes. I don't even know. Well, the the problem with... Arthur Snopes. (laughs) Yeah, John J. Snopes. Come on. John J. Jingleheimer Snopes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, his name is my name, too. The thing about debunking conspiracy theories, whenever someone has a conspiracy theory that they want to share with the world, we're always like, well, what's the source? Is it a credible source? But the minute someone debunks it, it could be johnjsnopes.blogspot.org mm-hmm. debunking it. And we'll be like, see, it's debunked. Like that, yes. this person obviously debunked yeah. it. And yeah. it's like, we who's can go the back source to- debunking well, it? Well, that's because of the way I think we look at science and information, which is we're like, you know, you have to kind of like process of elimination. All stuff. It's funny that she mentions this because this is like a book that I read that's very close to this, not on that topic, but on the topic of medicine, which is there's a book called White Coat, Black Hat, Adventures from the Dark Side of Medicine. And it's how stories get on the news about like oh is prostate why is Mar- why is november prostate month and basically conspiracies of how they make public health stories in the news right and where do those come from mm-hmm. and that- what is the interest of the pub what is the public's interest in health and all of these groups that are government that are private industry that are medical industry and how do they make us aware and basically put out propaganda about right. medicine and health and everything and diseases and what to be aware of and what to buy and know? that's and one of issues she issue. actually talks about that in this I, I i mean the video is ten and a half minutes so we don't no. listen to it all but uh she actually brings a lot of that up about how uh she brought up one specific example where when she was working for cbs this uh like news report came out and most people just covered it from the the report that they received mm-hmm. whereas she looked into the company that was behind this study right. and was like well they're actually financed by the same people who would want you to believe this so maybe don't just take it with a grain of salt <laughs> but she was the only one who covered it that yeah. way yeah wow. but well, yeah, yeah everybody just wants a confident dad 
to tell them what's going on and to, like they you, you just you just want a guy to like you just want to it's really hard to independently synthesize a sort of viewpoint about the world with it or a personal philosophy or whatever whatever it is you but you just hear one thing and you're like uh, that seems true. Yeah, that let, seems right. You hear Led Hughes <laughs> yeah. without sin cast a first stone. You're like that. I like that. Don't start shit if you you know because you started. You're full of shit too. That's and then I'm just gonna do the whole book. That'll be my book. You know, like Alex Jones. You're like, yeah, I do fucking hate Hillary. That, you know what? Yeah, and fucking nine eleven was me a weird feeling. Yeah, I you mean, just <laughs> you want you want a dad. You want a media dad to just yeah. be like, you know be like yeah with, with fucking the, you know. And me and Connor want to be your media dads. We want to be your media uncles. <laughs> yeah, right? we want to yeah. be. We just want to be the cantankerous uncle. I'll give you a beer. Sure, you're nine. You're not going to die. <laughs> I want to die. You're nine. It's fine. I want to be the media high school acid dealer. It's like, do you want to expand your mind, kid? Are you ready for this shit? It's yeah. pretty heavy. Have you really? Have you, I mean, I knew you've heard pet sounds, but have you, have heard, you heard it? You probably it? just heard. Wouldn't it be nice? You think, yeah, man. So let's listen to the end of this. Where when interests attack an issue. By controversializing or attacking the people, personalities, and organizations surrounding it rather than addressing the facts. That could be AstroTurf. And most of all, AstroTurfers tend to reserve all of their public skepticism for those exposing wrongdoing rather than the wrongdoers. In other words, instead of questioning authority, they question those who question authority. You might start to see things a little more clearly. It's kind of like taking off your glasses and wiping them and putting them back on and realizing for the first time how foggy they'd been all along. I can't resolve these issues, but I hope that I've given you some information that will at least motivate you to take off your glasses and wipe them and become a wiser consumer of information in an increasingly artificial paid-for reality. Ah, we're all fucked. Yeah, yeah. man. What no a, one's going to do that. I like, man, it's weird to see someone smiling and saying, I mean, she's like, <laughs> she was just trying to give a good speech, and it was, but it was just like, in a, an increasingly paid-for reality. Yeah. That yeah. stinks. We well, I've gone like the opposite so way, where I'm just like, I don't believe anything that you guys are telling me. It's all lies. It's all lies. You know, I don't. That's kind of how I am these no. days. I don't trust. I... I don't think the enemy is the or the media is the enemy of the people, but I also don't think they do a great job in general. And I don't doubt that there's some sort of government influence at work at a lot of media outlets that keep us from hearing a lot of shit. We should. It's also like it's become a fucking. It's you know a business, and it's like a form of entertainment. I think of the media as just. I think of the news. It's it's no surprise that on the page everything is given equal weight. News, sports, entertainment. It's and all equal. The exact <laughs> script is shot out to every city, yes. to every whatever. Every it's it, no one at that station it's, had their own thought about something and wrote it. It's you just know? a different right. form of entertainment. It's people who are interested by things that sound truthier, which is one of one of the best words that's ever been created. Something that sounds more true. It's like watching a documentary versus watching a narrative film. It's like it's all entertainment. It's just. You know, you want your things with like a slice of truth on top, like a little cheese, but it's yeah. still like big shit pile underneath. Well, yeah, it's like you want. <laughs> look, I had a Yum. salad. Sure, it was all croutons and Caesar dressing, but I mean, you know, there's a yeah. le- little lettuce in there. I didn't eat a burger. Yeah, it's the same thing. The burger is the burger is entertainment news, and the salad covered in shit is the news news. Right. Salad I, I, covered in shit. In, yeah. <laughs> I think, I mean, it's weird. Like a McDonald's. Let's just call it the McDonald's salad. <laughs> it's weird how things like just don't really trickle down to affect your life. Like, Are we I talking feel, about piss again? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I feel kind of, I have this kind of thing I think sometimes where I'm like, I don't think it's really news unless a homeless guy knows it. 
you know like <laughs> or it doesn't disseminated to that level of society unless where it, it doesn't it's not it. it's not important news unless a homeless like homeless guys know the president they know like oh we're fighting there's, there's a war yeah but they also there. know Kim Kardashian do you know what I mean yeah yeah, yeah yeah well yeah it's like what's the thing in the Judaism where you have to have a minion you have to have like a, a minimum number of people like at a funeral or something for yeah. it to count wait there's a quorum it's like a quorum but it's called a minion it's a thing in Jewish law or so sometimes <laughs> you like, said yeah, a minimum I think it's called a, I believe it's called a minion something like that it's on those lines. I knew that movie was Jewish propaganda <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's why you'll sometimes see in media they'll be like oh we're having a funeral and they'll be like there's not enough Jews here we have to, so they have to go out and find them and like go <laughs> to a temple saying, really? that we haven't reached our minimum <laughs> yeah we haven't reached our minimum literally it is about how many Jewish people you have to have in a room for God to be there or something for it to be holy oh. right interesting that's like in Japan when they have strippers because they want to have the more people you have, the better, the more heaven you get. Sure. Or whatever. So there's. <laughs> <laughs> Adam's not pleased. So there's another article that we read for this podcast on The Atlantic called Operation Tinseltown How the CIA Manipulates Hollywood. And it's about. <laughs> the CIA's influence on Hollywood. That sounds like if they made a third agent Cody Banks movie. Operation <laughs> Tinseltown. Frankie Muniz has to expose the child pedophile rings that got him into these movies in the first place. <laughs> That's why he has no memory of everything that happened during he, Malcolm in the Middle. Yeah, but fucking, he busts through Brian Singer's skylight and is like, I'm here to save the fucking Zach and Cody kids before it's too late. Yeah, and Brian's like, but I'm a bottom. You don't look like much of a top. <laughs> this is from the Atlantic article. The CIA has established a, quote, very active spin machine in the heart of the entertainment capital, which works strenuously to make sure the cloak and dagger world is presented in heroic terms. And oh, like American Sniper. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's just a great dude that shot yeah. people in the head. The guy that, <laughs> ruined, the guy that ruined Jesse Ventura's career. Did he? Oh, you didn't hear about that? No. Oh, my God. Wait, what career? Yeah, have, what yeah. career? You, no, no. I'm dead serious. You want to have a brief detour onto this? Just real quick. Sure. So the the guy who wrote uh, American Sniper, his name escapes me. It's Chris or something. I forget. Fucking Probably Chris. Okay. Let's just say Bradley Cooper because it's the guy sure. who played a movie. So Bradley Cooper, the, the guy who wrote, he claims in his book that, you know, Jesse Ventura, who's one of the frogmen, he was one of the original Green Berets, he was at an event and in this American Sniper guy's book, he claims that Jesse Ventura was like very rude to him or was a dick to him and like threatened to fight him and stuff. And he and let's say that they got into some scuffle or whatever. And Jesse Doesn't Ventura like is like, Jesse, this okay. was made up whole cloth. This never happened. We never interacted. Like on the day that you said we did, we did a photo and shook hands and met at this other event, which I have photos of. And I have testimony from people who were there that this happened. And he's like, basically in his book, he wanted to look like big shit. So he's like, oh, I started to shoot with Jesse Ventura. Jesse Ventura was threatened by me and I put him in his place and stuff. So he filed a lawsuit against him. And then once this lawsuit started, Jesse Ventura was being dragged through the media for a disagreement guy and calling him a liar. And he got all these media appearances canceled. He got his show that he was working on. Jesse Ventura, like his conspiracy show got That's canceled. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, that got canceled. A- all of this shit went down. And then once the guy died, the story in the media became Jesse Ventura is trying to get money out of this guy's widow. And the widow was being backed by her publisher and this giant media corporation was fighting him and trying to shut him up so he couldn't talk about it. And they were the ones spinning it that he was going after this guy's widow and trying to drag her name through the mud and everything. It was just complete bullshit. Like the publishing company knew that that story was not true. And if they, have, if they had done any research, they would have been able to find out, yeah, that didn't happen. But the guy's dead now. So he looks like the dick 
who's trying to drag a dead guy's name through the yeah. mud when he's saying, no, this guy was just a total fucking asshole who lied about the me. The spin on all shit is so crazy that I, that's again, why I just can't believe anything. You know, that whole thing sorry. with the, that's what sorry, yeah, with we're that. derailing. Well, I yeah. think that, that ties into what we're talking yeah. about. Yeah, and, because... he, and he went to like Russia to film shows and stuff. He can't even like get hired in US media now because yeah. he's looked at as a liar. Oh, I know one place he could guy. get a job. <laughs> Hell yeah. If Jesse wants to come to NoHo, buddy, we have a yeah. fucking open, open invitation to Mr. Ventura. Yeah. I thought you were saying at Ha Ha Cafe. <laughs> yeah, if he wants to come, do a spot. I'll, I'll talk to Terry. Yeah, I'm shocked he's not doing the comedy store or anything right now, but yeah, I don't know. He, uh, <laughs> I would hire him here. He's not Jake the Snake. That's what I was saying. If he yeah. wants to... I live in Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> but did anyone ever watch his conspiracy theory show? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I watched a few episodes. I can't remember. It was actually really good. Yeah, he's a smart guy. Because he would like drive to the places and be like, "What if I just walk through this gate?" See, well, yeah, he's like, he's he's like and they'd be like, "Well, oh, we'll shoot <laughs> yeah. you, but we can't tell you why." <laughs> yeah, he's got huge balls. Yeah, and he was he's in just a geeked out days. Leonard Nimoy, you know. But I think yeah. I didn't know all of that background that you shared, an Laura. So I think yeah. I saw that he had a conspiracy show, yeah. and then I saw that everyone was shitting on him, and so I just went, "Well, go figures." You try to get some truth out there, and then yeah. they just yeah. drag you down. He's the first one who hit me to the Denver airport, so he'll always hold a special <laughs> that place so in crazy. my heart. Oh, he puts you oh, on game. Oh, yeah, 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 man. That evil horse. And so one of the things they bring up is that in 1996, the CIA hired a veteran clandestine officer, Chase Brandon, to work directly with Hollywood studios and production companies to upgrade its image. And this is a quote from him. We've always been portrayed erroneously as evil and Machiavellian. It took us a long time to support projects that portray us in a light, in the light we want to be seen in. And this article mentions Ben Affleck specifically so much. Interesting. Because well, there's of, also like you think of like the like early CIA movies were kind of like, well, they're fucking shit. Like what's that one that came out after Kennedy or during Kennedy that was like about some kind of the Manchurian coup? Manchurian candidate. Manchurian candidate. I think there's oh, one like, I love the President's Man or something like yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. And uh yeah, well, they were kind of like shady and duplicitous, but then they're like, All right, let's adapt an English thing that seems like it's a completely not propaganda, but it will just it just makes spies seem cool, you know. Yeah. If they have a fucking watch that shoots a laser, you're like well, that's metal enough. I don't care what they're doing to fucking, you know, yeah. to well, the Bay of Pigs. That's why, like, um, so there's a movie called The Quiet American, which is about uh, CIA special agents that were in Vietnam. Uh, Graham Greene wrote it, and it was made into a movie uh, beginning of Vietnam, and they cut out a lot of anti-Vietnam things in it, even before the war really scaled up. And then it was remade around after 9-11 with Michael Caine and Brendan Fraser. And it tanked horribly because <laughs> it made no the way. CIA look bad because it was highly critical of CIA agents and their involvement in foreign nations and just talked about it was, you know, the Vietnam stuff all rang true with what we were doing in Afghanistan and the Middle East. So that bumped at the box office. I don't uh, know why Bruce, I told you that you uh, had to dress up like what scared you, but... Doing Asian eyes is really not the best way to handle your trauma. <laughs> well, I wanted to go to Vietnam to get the food. Well, have you ever heard of this guy, Arnon Milkan, who is an Israeli billionaire business and film producer? He founded Regency Enterprises, and uh, he was a, he was an Israeli secret agent for yeah. like 25 years. Secret agents are in film all over the place. Right. And they mentioned the Jack Ryan franchise, especially as being one that the CIA worked closely on. In an effort to improve their image, and also Argo, dude, fucking network notes are bad enough. Imagine getting CIA notes. It's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. NBC <laughs> says we got to change it to Pepsi because they're the sponsor this month, and uh, yeah, fucking. Uh, the guy in the black van says, uh, "No, we can't. He's not allowed to murder anybody." So I guess he just <laughs> gives her a dog. Yeah, and it claim this article claims Chase Brandon 
was on set during all of those movies and frequently present during the filming of Alias, a spy series starring Ben Affleck's then-wife, Jennifer Garner. She actually, <laughs> actually filmed a CIA recruitment video for them in 2004. Were they married when she was on Alias? Uh, I think that's when they met, when she was on Alias. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, they when did. They I don't know when they, they, when they were I know exactly when they met. They met. Let's hit on the important detail here. <laughs> there was a show that was like a celebrity poker show that used to be on Bravo, and I think oh, they I met watched during the sh- that. I watched the shit out of it with Dave Foley. Did, how long did Alias run? I mean, I'm not, not that that long. Early like 2001 to 2004. Yeah. How do you even know shit like that? How would we know? even find out the Maybe years the Ben Affleck? But in- I was gonna say it's perfect Ben Affleck because he's he's liberal, loves America, freedom, and he's dumb and egotistical. So he's like the ideal stooge for a government agent to set up. Also, oh, I think point. that this is a conspiracy by the CIA to get laid more because they wanted to put out there like CIA agents were really handsome yeah, <laughs> yeah. like a Hollywood actor sucker dicks hey you we're uh, I mean? we're really uh, sick and tired of all these firefighters getting the fucking good guy pussy yeah okay? yeah we want CIA agents it's like we're smart and sexy and turn you know? some loose for old John Doe over here <laughs> yeah I know how to take down the Middle Eastern terrorists and lick your dick this is a quote from former CIA agent Bob Bear, who was also the subject of the movie Syriana, which is a movie a lot of people pretended to like in the early 2000s, <laughs> even though it made no fucking sense. And this is a quote. Argo had nothing to do with reality. Anybody involved in that operation knows that the unit Mendez worked for is fictional. He was a makeup guy. He made the first mustache I used. They aren't supposed to last a long time, so they don't remember your face. And he said the best example of how the CIA really works is HBO's The Wire. Yeah, well, that's what I was saying earlier about the C- about basically journalist collaborations with the police. It's the same thing. The police right. work the same as the CIA in the level of bureaucracy and paperwork yeah. and ego and people trying to rise and political influence on uh, procedures and everything. And they also talk about actors being brought to CIA headquarters. Ugh. And one guy is like, why? Just because they're going to be in a movie? And he describes like people who are undercover people like yeah. covering their faces in oh. the hallways, like and having shit. to hide their faces because Ben Affleck's in the room and he's not supposed to be. <laughs> yeah. And they also at one point took the cast of Homeland to the CIA office, mm-hmm. and people who weren't born in the United States couldn't go into certain areas. Yeah. Which Whoa. at least they're at least they're exercising that much caution. Yeah. I at least like that. I like that Marina Bokarin or whatever her name is from Homeland isn't going to go back and report to Brazil about what we're up to. But yeah, it's just I know the, the, the longest con of all time. I'm going <laughs> to no, I know that sounds... audition. And <laughs> I was a waitress for three years, so I could go see a filing cabinet that had stuff in it. <laughs> no, it sound, It actually does sound ludicrous, but uh, foreign governments actually do use high-level people like that. That was one of the things with the Cambridge. We Cambr- do it. The Cambr- yeah. yeah, we do it all the time. Mm-hmm. Like the Cambridge Five was a spy group that ran out of the UK during the 40s, 50s, and 60s. And one of their biggest guys was a radio show host on BBC Radio who would interview celebrities and people all the time. And people were like, that guy couldn't be a spy. He's too high-level. No, that's perfect because no one suspects super high level people so to say a foreign government would never try to use an actor to find out information about the u.s government just because they're on a show it's like no that's actually not as crazy as you might think it is yeah you can just google actors who are also spies and you'll get a long list of julia child and it doesn't necessarily mean they were like full-on spies they were just like at one point the cia was like for something at some point you know 
they're like, we'll reveal your homosexuality. <laughs> that was well, always the old Trump card. Oh, I always yeah, picture yeah. myself what explaining. What homosexuality? Well, we're, we're better at Photoshop than you because it's the <laughs> 70s. So we got, there's a lot of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your extensive homosexuality. Yeah, yeah. I always picture myself trying to explain this to like the quote unquote normal people in my world. Do you know what I mean? And I think so easily like my dad or, you know, someone along those lines would be like, Honey, they need to talk to the CIA so that they can be accurate in the movie. You right. know what I yeah. mean? Like, yeah. And everyone's like, yeah, settle down, conspiracy. You know what I mean? Right. It's too easy. I don't know. Well, they try to be on the up and up about it. They have no. a link on their website where you can send them a request for consulting services on your upcoming Hollywood film. And it makes. Hey guys, I'm shooting a vine. I was wondering. Yeah. Uh, that would be that'd be a fun thing I'm to just submit. I'm doing a CIA themed porno, and we want to know <laughs> how fast do you guys come. <laughs> and one of the movies that comes up when they mention that is Zero Dark Thirty. Yeah. And it makes sense to me that the CIA would want to be like they basically describe like the interactions around that movie. The CIA basically picked the one movie about that that they thought was going to make them look the best and then just supplied more information because mm-hmm. that that movie's trash. Like all of those Catherine Bigelow's movies are government propaganda and yes. they are trash. The yes. Hurt Locker was fucking garbage. Yeah. Zero Dark Thirty was probably garbage. I gave up after the Hurt Locker. I don't remember what the other there's one in the middle there, but if in reading this article like especially with Zero Dark Thirty, one one agent basically says, "Yeah, whoever consulted her on that movie was of the opinion that torture is what helped Her, us find yeah, Bin right. Laden." Yeah, and that movie, when it came out, got a lot of criticism for that for basically being a pro torture film. But it got criticism among people like us, but like motherfuckers in the Midwest didn't they, didn't they and in win the, the fucking Oscar, the big bad, yes. yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Like people in the Midwest and in the South and in all these areas who aren't living in yep. our curated liberal bubble were just like, yeah, man, the CIA is fucking great. You see hey, how I say, do the- what you got to do. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. And well, yeah, 24 no, is another example. And you're not allowed to like not like the truth. Like that's you can't be uh, in public office and be like, yeah, I don't think you should be a troop. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, like. Well, the thing is, it's about heroic action and drama and, you know, story and narrative demands stakes and dramatic action and heroic action and people to do things for uh, pure purposes and for people to have clear outcomes. That's how stories work. And government work or bureaucracy or uh, information gathering, journalism, uh, prosecuting crimes, not a lot of dramatic stakes, actually. Actually, the opposite, mostly just gathering small crumbs of information, writing reports, doing things that are very anticlimactic. So what they're doing is manipulating the reality to seem exciting and sexy and worthy of narrative well yeah like there's a bad guy and he's doing it because this and we got to stop him because this and we're going to do it with teamwork and then the end yeah Yeah. but that's how they get funded yeah because people just people want a story to latch on to and if they don't have a story to latch on to something then they don't understand it and they if they don't understand it then they don't want to fund it and they don't want to support it and they don't want to let it exist you know what i mean yeah and i I, I wish it's like there with was NASA. It's like with NASA. If NASA, if they had never landed on a moon, do you think people would want to give them money if we had not landed on the moon? Yeah, people if we, want to if we them, landed on the moon. People still don't want to give them a fucking dime. If we landed on the moon. <laughs> oh, sure. Okay. Uh, <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Adam's taking this above your head. Whoa, yeah. Whoa, yeah. Whoa, whoa. We only want to save cute animals. We only want to fund NASA if they're going to put man on the moon. And we only want to support the CIA if they're killing people and racking up skulls, you know, cut, racking up heads. Yeah. One of the thi- they also mentioned twenty four as being a show that helped like make rendition and torture and black sites all seem like 
That's what oh, America yeah. has oh, to do. Yeah. For and sure. It's, it's, yeah, it's totally for normal. Sure. But I think 24 was at least entertaining. Like my one of my favorite TV moments of all time, Jack Bauer has this husband and wife tied up and he pulls a gun and says his classic, tell me who you're working for line. And the husband's like, you can shoot me. I don't give a fuck. And Jack Bauer points the gun, looks at the husband, then moves the gun over a little and shoots his wife in the knee. <laughs> and the guy's like, God damn, okay. Wow. Yep. Yeah. And, and America's like, yeah, we're behind it. I hated so- Bush, but in that moment, I was like, oh, fuck yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're going to yeah. catch somebody now. And like that shit, that has an impact. That's why I, I would like to look into the, the funding behind the Sicario sequel. Because the Sicario sequel, uh, Sicario was a great movie about like drug traffickers and shit in mm-hmm. Mexico and drug cartels. But the sequel, which just came out this year, is about drug cartels like using helicopters to smuggle Middle Eastern terrorists into the United States. And I'm like, oh, that yeah. probably oh, happens a whole lot less. Steven Seagal wrote a book about that. And it's it, his like his new book is called like The Way of the Shadow Wolves, and it's about like people like like smuggling jihadists through Mexico, you know, to yeah. try to make like, well, yeah, we got border security. Yeah. We got to make border security. Oh, cool. we need that wall. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and yeah. It, like the Sicario sequel, I I refuse to go see it because I feel like it's anti-immigration propaganda that this country doesn't need right now. Mm-hmm. And I would be interested to see where the funding in consultancy work on that came from i should look into that and it's such a it's such a laugh because basically the government uh, you know taking over afghanistan caused the heroin boom that killed so many people in this country we've caused everything we complain about from illegal immigration to drugs to yeah. homelessness we caused all of it yeah like especially i'd it- also like to talk about uh, all the propaganda that was created in the 60s and 70s against uh, government health care and government uh, mental health institutions and how that that, you know, facilitated Reagan to close all those mm-hmm. places down yeah. and to so put oh, them yeah. on the street. Yeah, I'd love to talk about how people are bigoted against mental health and uh, yeah. drugs and We've talked about it. Oh, it's a blast. Yeah, it's, we've talked about it's it. Like, it's like when I hear thought... like men complain about like women and I'm like, you realize this is all your, it's like, they're so insecure. It's like, well, yeah, we told them they were ugly for 2,000 years. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like, oh, they're, they're jealous. Like, oh, it's yeah. like, well, we cheated on them and lied to them. <laughs> for, or, or my generation, ever. women are like, oh my God, guys don't understand feminism. I'm like, oh, the guys that we grew up with that grew up with DX Suck It and the first internet porn and Jenna Jameson, they don't understand feminism. <laughs> they don't know. So crazy. And Mary with Children and Bimbos and just, oh, weird how that happen but yeah it's just oh my god i saw garden state and did you know that like drugs like mask your personality <laughs> do you know that like stop you from being your true self that's what anti-anxiety meds do wait i thought they just made you fall in a fucking dishwasher i don't remember the movie that well yeah that's the only <laughs> thing I, I caught yeah no 24 for sure was like that that was like a. they probably got some some tax breaks and they're like yeah, just make them cool, you know, and then just, the, yeah. yeah, yeah, make well, them a cool guy. It's an ego thing because the CIA is like a fraternal brotherhood, basically. It's like the post office meets skull and bones. Right. And it's like once those agents are in there, you'll see all these stories about CIA agents that were career alcoholics, horrible people, incompetent, would leave briefcases full of classified documents on New York City subways because they were drunk. Mm? Nice. Fun, fun yeah. stuff like that. But they don't get fired because it's a brotherhood because it's seen as you're part yeah. of this. And actors, especially male heterosexual actors, often feel a 
emasculated and told that you're a pussy or a faggot. So then they get into this sort of brotherhood of masculine stuff of the military, the police, the CIA, yeah. and their ego is stoked and they feel like one of the boys. And then they're like, oh, yeah, these guys are great. These guys are my brothers. Oh, the images I'm growing, in with them. Growing up on a cul-de-sac where that was very much the culture with my, my male neighbors, it's like some of the shit I did. I'm like, man, I really just threw dog shit at my friend because I didn't want to be a bitch, whatever that means. <laughs> yeah, so ben in the abstract. Yeah, so you know? Ben Affleck is like, I'm sick of everyone saying that I make out with Matt Damon. I'm going to be a CIA boy. Yeah, and it's it makes sense the CIA would want to control the narrative on you know how they're portrayed in Hollywood, but it's just such a dangerous thing because of the things that they're, they normalize and the, the things they make yes. seem like, well, this is America and this is what we do. Mm-hmm. And it's like, eh, we don't necessarily have to do that. Like, well, there's probably other ways. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, yeah, and there are more effective ways. It's a lot more effective to become friends with your torture subject. Sorry, uh, <laughs> terrorist suspect. Um, <laughs> then uh, torture subject. It's it's hard. I'm a little tired of the morning. Uh, you know, that's the way to really to get them to trust you is the way that you actually usually do get more reliable information. Out yeah, of make them feel. Yeah. Hey, hey, you want to be a cool guy? Help out the fucking. Man, yeah. Well, it's like, yeah, it's like I'm on your side. He's like, well, you know, you get your kids here. Don't you want them to go to a nice school? If we, you know, give you a good deal, then your kids can go to America. What if we gave you a sick tie pin with a fucking <laughs> logo on it? A Filipino spring dick figurine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Like a Filipino wood doll. All right. After the meeting, you can go take two things out of the treasure chest. You know, <laughs> you're like, whoa, a Walter PPK and the fucking, a blow dart gun full of roofies. Nice. Cool. So where does everyone stand on the idea that the CIA influences the media? That's usually how these podcasts end. We decide if we believe this shit or not. I'm very oh, much on I believe board. it. Yeah, yeah, they definitely believe it. Laura? I believed it when, just when I saw confirmed. it as the podcast yeah. topic. I was like, yep, <laughs> on board. Did the CIA conspire to get in touch with a number of journalists in order to influence public opinion about both the CIA's actions and all of the government's military actions at home and abroad? Yes! Of course they did. Of course they did. That's part of their operations. But again, at the end of the day, Unlike the KGB, the CIA has never been able to arrest anyone. They have no powers to arrest people or charge them with crimes. They can just kill them and keep it. Yeah, they just shoot the- <laughs> them in the head in the public square and then their cars catch dip off explode. into a pu- Peugeot. Well, well, you know what? I'd rather be had my head blown off in a public square than be held indefinitely in a detention center oh, or by the FBI. Know, yeah, for Me sure. Too. I would why rather you, than the you FBI or sent to Guantanamo. I'm trying to commit suicide via <laughs> yeah. the federal yeah. government. Yeah, suicide by intelligence uh, agency. Uh, yeah. uh, run into run into a fucking police precinct with a bunch of hot dogs taped to your your stomach saying it's dynamite that's for fucking amateurs me I'm yeah. trying to get taken out blood pillow over my head in the middle of the night I'm going for poisoned by Russia oh, that's I what want, I want I want yeah, garot yeah. I want garot wire Garot wire or, at Grand Central Market during the day. Stalin had a thing where one of the agents would give a guy, he's like, well, he likes chocolates, doesn't he? <laughs> it's like a Stalin quote. And so they give this guy two boxes of chocolates and they were loaded with dynamite under the chocolate and they blew up and like exploded him in a square. And oh, I the thought they were going to put like ricin in a black pussy. No, yeah, no, 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 no. Explosives in the chocolate box. I want exploding wow. chocolate box because I would never see that coming. Yeah. It would all be fun. Or go Get at us, CIA. Yeah, someone's going to send you some joints, and it's going to be like a dynamite cigar <laughs> at them, and you're just going yeah. to... Yeah. I'm going to look like Elmer free. Fudd. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Free mac and cheese. Yeah. I'm going to look like the coyote getting blown up. Next week's episode, which is a Patreon-only episode, kind of continues this conversation, and we're talking about the CIA and the Copeland family. The Copeland family, Miles Copeland was the fa- like one of the 
founding members of the CIA. He was the head of the CIA at one point. Mm -hmm. And he has so many ties to especially like early 80s music, like R.E.M., The Police, shit like that. One of his kids founded a record label called IRS Oh, and the irony, Mm. too, is Radio Free Europe was uh, an an infiltrated government thing. And then that's an R.E.M. song. Yeah, yeah. Hilarious. They just thought of that. Roxanne. Yeah, the police. Communism doesn't work. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Stuart Copeland. He was telling her to put on the red light, but he was saying because he was like, "Yeah, let me know if If you're a communist. Let me know if you're a Soviet. Turn (laughs) on that red light." Actually, do you know what the historical biblical reference of the red light is? I do not. Um, There's a story from the Old Testament about a prostitute putting a red light in her window to signal to an Jewish soldier start soldier of david about whether these troops had gone through or not before so that's why the red light district was prostitutes put red lights in their window because of the jews because of the bible (laughs) because of god because of god so sting was just saying there were no jews in the area so you can leave that red light off the coast is clear (laughs) (laughs) you can leave the house (laughs) anti-semitic sting Oh, yeah, I thought that Crystal Knocked album was a weird name for a reggae (laughs) compilation, but sure. So that's our episode. Next week, we're talking about the Copeland family on a uh, Patreon-only episode. Mm. So subscribe if you want to hear that, motherfuckers. If you want to hear me and Adam, probably just talk about Joy Division or something. Yeah. I just realized, putting this tally in my head, how much I mentioned Israel and the Jews, and I just look like such a fucking nut. <laughs> I apologize. It this was a safe space. Yeah. Right, yeah we know. I work for a synagogue. I love the Jews. Please hire me in media and entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, and I'm just. I'm not Mel Gibson. <laughs> I'm just a big old kidder. I think it's my my record is pretty. Is I don't think anyone knows what I actually believe. No. So what do we have to plug before we get out of here, Connor? What do you got? I don't know. Fucking mean boys. My, my <laughs> website going fucking shows. Uh, uh, spooky jokes for kids coming back October first. Laura, what do you have to plug? Uh, I get a show on Saturday at the Corbin Bowl that's going to be fun. It's a bowling alley slash comedy venue. But listen to Profiles in, Extra- in Eccentricity. People are listening to that. We uh, I'm going to be doing that spy episode soon. But we got a lot of amazing stuff. I actually got contact with one of the guest brothers, the phone freaker, Matthew Wagman. We're having a, oh, nice. uh, we're so having a, uh, a piss tasting. Uh, we're going to blindfold yes. piss test. You know, which and way? then we're going to sneak some asparagus <laughs> in there. Hey! <laughs> you see that coming. Leanne, what do you have to plug? Uh, audio jackass. Well, every day I'm going through my midlife crisis, so that's nice. always entertaining. Uh, and then I think next Wednesday is today Wednesday, so a week from today I'm at the Comedy Store in the Belly Room, 8 p.m. Very nice. nice. All right, let's get the fuck out of here. Leanne, say goodbye. Oh, uh, I don't have a big sign-off. Leanne took her. I said goodbye. <laughs> goodbye, goddammit. I love the Jews. Goodbye. Connor, say goodbye. Uh, shalom. Laura. Mecca like a high, Mecca heiny ho. Lauren Crawford. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. We love Jews. People of Earth, your planet is about to be destroyed.